Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 47. Almost getting to that 52 mark. I'm Jim. This is Tom. Well, you, you can't see him if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're not one of our two or three views there. But uh, Tom, how are you doing this morning? This is Tom, and I am awesome. Uh, great to be here uh, for this momentous occasion. And you might say it's only episode 47. What's the momentous occasion? <clears throat> We're going to get into that. We will. We will. Uh, and, and let's let's park that conversation maybe for just a minute. Let's. Um, we've got a few things we want to cover this week. Um, certainly has been news over the last week. We've had a, a show that we had picks on. We'll talk about picks in a little bit. Um, but uh, other news that has come around as well. So we want to kind of kick things right off and start talking about our three big things. We haven't done three big things in a while because uh, for the most part, uh, Tom and I haven't both seen the same show in quite a while as far as pay-per-views or, or big shows go, but we did both see um, In Your House, uh, I think, didn't we? We, I did. we did. We did. Okay, we I did. did. I did. You did. We did. I, I did. You did. Okay, good. Uh, Tom, were you able to watch it live on yes. Sunday? Or did you? Uh, yes. Yep, I sure was. Yeah. And, and I saw the last three matches live and then saw – I knew the results of the first two matches but went back and watched those on Monday – um, because unfortunately, on the Roku, Peacock still does not have the ability to start from the beginning of a show, because why would we have that? It could be helpful to people who have other things going on in their lives, but I digress. <clears throat> it was annoying. I tried and, you know, tried to rewind, and yeah, it's nothing. Um, that being said, it worked out okay, be and we'll talk maybe more about that as we go through this, but... Uh, we didn't really talk about who wanted to kick it off. Tom, what's your first big thing if you want to kick off? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, uh, the main event was was really what made this show for me. And I know we talked a lot about it last week and kind of who who would do what and who would go where. And so it, it, I think for both of our opinions, and I'll let you speak to it as well, but it didn't play out as I anticipated, uh, but, I, but I still enjoyed the way it played out. So um, quick rundown of the results, I guess, maybe before we dive into that. Yeah, good um, idea. Uh, the opener was uh, the winner-take-all uh, North American and NXT tag title match. Bronson Reed and MSK uh, did retain their titles by defeating the trio of Legato Del Fantasma. Zia Lee in the second match defeated Mercedes Martinez. Uh, the million-dollar decision ladder match uh, saw LA Knight defeat Cameron Grimes. Uh, the NXT women's title match <clears throat> pardon me, saw Raquel Gonzalez retain over Ember Moon. And then the main event was, again, that fatal five-way for the NXT title. Karrion uh, Cross defended his title, uh, defeating Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. Uh, and segueing into that, so uh, the way that match ended was uh, Kyle O'Reilly had Adam Cole on the verge of potentially passing out or tapping out uh, with his uh, leg-slash-ankle submission, and Cross locked on the straight jacket choke and passed O'Reilly out, and that is how the decision came about. Um, I don't think that if we would have said, okay, put our feet to the fire, rank in order last week of who takes the pinfall or, or the decision, that we would have had Kyle O'Reilly at all in the first three of the five. Um, so, so, him, so him being the guy... You could make an argument for three or four would be my only... One and two, definitely no. Yep, yeah. So, so, so that being what it is... And I think that we've discussed here before, um, at least I know that I have, I, I see Kyle O'Reilly as the 
uh, the next NXT champion, that he will be the guy that dethrones Karrion Cross. Should be. Uh, so this right here builds into that ongoing story. It, it keeps the Adam Cole issue going and they've already announced and we're going to kind of probably weave in and out of takeover and into what happened on Wednesday. They've announced Great American Bash for July the 6th. I'm sorry. Yeah, July the 6th. And they've already announced Cole versus O'Reilly. And again, it's weird because it's a straight up singles match when they've already had an unsanctioned match <laughs> at, at takeover, stand and deliver. Clearly you and I, don't know how to book wrestling because we think logically and they just book so bass backwards half the time. Yeah. And they're yeah. on NXT too, which was usually the one that didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously Cole and O'Reilly still is an issue, uh, but underlying there and simmering or, or, you know, in the pot, maybe not simmering yet. I think that Cole, I'm sorry, uh, O'Reilly and cross will eventually come back around to having a singles match. Uh, how do we get there exactly? I don't know. Uh, I'd love to see. I know that Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have kind of indirectly split, but um, you know, using Bobby Fish to put over Karrion Cross and getting Kyle O'Reilly to like care for his friend would be an, a, a traditional pro wrestling kind of like way to do that to build some heat. So that was my first big thing. Not surprised that Cross retained. Really thought the match was good. Um, it's a busy match with five guys, uh, but I thought they still um, did really well, and it was a high-quality match. Yeah, just to, re to respond to that, I, I, the main event was one of the things on my list, but I mean, I tweaked something else off it because I'll just respond to it with yours and then uh, maybe talk about my first big thing. I, I thought the main event was really was excellent when everybody except Cross was in the ring. Karrion Cross for me, and I've been a big Karrion Cross fan since he was Killer Cross in TNA and the White Rabbit in Lucha Underground, which that was weird, but Lucha Underground was weird and I loved it. Um, he's a main event character. He's a main event persona. And it's just not clicking for me in the ring. He looked good at points. They had him pretty dominant early in the match, um, throwing people around. And then, I don't know, it just kind of was like, wah, wah. Um, I don't know. It's just, now, on Tuesday, I thought his interactions with Regal and, okay, we'll bury the lead here, the newly returning Samoa Joe as the enforcer for Regal, um, I thought were very good. I thought that opening segment was really, really strong. Um, I don't know. We, we've We've heard quote-unquote, um, from someone who claims to know um, that maybe Joe can't seem to pass medical tests to be able to be a competitor. And so that might be why he's doing this role. Um, I do think if that's the case, they're going to have to be really careful. And I know I'm getting off track here from in your house, but they're going to have to be really careful because it sure seems like this is setting up a Samoa Joe carrying cross NXT title match. If they're not going there, if Joe can't do that, um, then they're going to have to be really careful how they book this so that everybody doesn't just get really mad when we don't get that. Um, because I think that's a uh, real possibility of people getting upset. Excuse me. Um, before, if that doesn't happen, because it sure, day one seems like that's where, you know, when he says TikTok young champion, 
um, that sure sounds like a threat to me. Um, and, and it's an incredible tease. And, and uh, you lose equity with your fans or equity might be the wrong word. You just lose face. If you can't, right. if you're not going to intend to deliver that, like, right. You know, and maybe you can't. And I understand if you can't, that's, yeah. I, I love Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe comes off so authentic, um, natural, just, you know, his presence is, doesn't seem put on at all. And, and so if he can't work in the ring because of head, neck, back, whatever is going on, then I don't want him to. As much as I selfishly want to see Samoa Joe in the ring, if it will mean bad things for him physically and his future, then no. I then let's see him in this role. That was I thought his his interaction with that role was great. When he wakes up, Regal wants an answer. I, that was great. Um, but yeah, you're right, Tom. You you, you got to be careful if you're if you can't or won't deliver on something. Either way then be careful how much you tease it, especially if it's something that, you know, fans are going to go, Oh, which I think they actually got that reaction on, on Tuesday night, um, which was nice because we'll talk about maybe a little later, the crowd situation. Um, that's one of my things, but that's going to be two or three. We'll wait for that one. Um, my number one thing is honestly, this felt like an NXT TV show to me. It just didn't feel takeover ish. And you and I kind of talked about this, I think, in previewing it as well, that it just didn't quite, going into it, have that, like, I don't know, TakeOver to me always has one or two matches where I'm like, man, I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. And there was nothing on this card that, going into it, there were things that I was like, oh, that'll be good. You know? And again, if this was the Great American Bash or Halloween Havoc or one of their themed um, weekly TV shows, I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good card for that. But for TakeOver, it just, and it never, nothing ever clicked for me in a way that made me go, man, that was, that's the match we're going to remember from this TakeOver. Might be the most forgettable TakeOver, frankly, um, ever. I know that's a strong, I mean, I don't, I'd have to really go back and look at the history of all of the TakeOvers, you know. Um, so I, I, I hate to be you know, spew hyperbole like that um, without really being, no. But I don't know. That was my thing. In the end, I was like, it was fine. It was good. Um, certainly, um, I, I while I track the matches I watch like you do, I don't um, have a list of the best matches I've seen all year. I, I would be willing to bet without seeing your list, Tom, nothing from this show cracks your top 10. Um and I don't know how far you go in your list, but I'd bet it'd be a little while even after that before anything from this show would hit there. Um, I, but again, I, I think if it was a fatal four-way and Cross was removed, and I hate to say that because I love that character, I don't know, maybe that match would have gotten into a you know a conversation. I think those four were phenomenal. Um, I don't know. That was just, I, it felt like a TV show to me is my first thing. And, and I hate saying that. Now I'm curious if the rumored uh, Sunday after SummerSlam takeover happens, which it sounds like is, they haven't announced it yet, but it sure sounds like that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm curious where they go because they could go carrying across Samoa Joe if that is going to actually happen. Although that might be awful quick to get there. Um, they could go a number of different directions. I, I just, I don't know. 
that was where I was at. I felt like it was a TV show. Yeah, you're not uh, off base there. I think that's a really astute take. And I don't think it's unfair to say this probably is the weakest takeover. Um, it, it, I, I don't know how we would maybe have a conversation and it's a different podcast about the eras of takeover because obviously right. they're maybe marked by various talents that went through NXT. Um, there's something that needs to happen to freshen takeovers up. Um, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that, that it should have happened here with this one, but yeah, without, I, without a doubt. Maybe NXT as a whole. I, I love NXT. And I thought actually Tuesday night's episode was one of their better ones in quite some time. So maybe they're maybe bringing Joe into that role might give a little bit of a freshness and, and, um, You know, they Trey Baxter made his debut um, and looked pretty good. Although I hope they follow up on it better than they have. Uh, was it Carmelo Hayes? Um, <clears throat> you know, he came out, had a really nice match, and we haven't seen him since. Um, doesn't even get a match on 205 Live. I, I hope that's not what Kushida's open challenge is. We just keep introducing new indie darlings that WWE signed. And for those who don't watch on YouTube, I just do the air quotes. Um, we bring him out because she beats him in a nice match. And then we don't see him again for a while. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll show up in the diamond mine next week. That could be a whole nother conversation. What in the world is the diamond mine? Uh, I have to admit they have me intrigued at least. I'm curious. Uh, <clears throat> so I'll be interested to see. And it'll probably be Wednesday at least before I get to see NXT as usual. Cause I have a trivia night on Tuesday, but I'm intrigued to see what the diamond mine is. I'm going to try to avoid social media so that it doesn't get ruined for me. We'll see how that goes. I'm usually pretty, Terrible at not spoiling myself. Um, Tom, what's your second big thing? Yeah, I, before I get to that, the one thing, yeah, no, just the one thing I want to just comment on is I have a, I have a fear. Uh, I don't know how how founded or unfounded this fear is that you know we're going to build to the point where Samoa Joe becomes a referee or or enforcer in a match that Karrion Cross is defending his title, and we get that tease continuing without a true payoff ever coming our way. I hope that's not where we had or what develops in actuality, but I have a, I, again, I have a fear that's the thing. My second big thing from this show was uh, the ladder match, uh, just not meeting ladder match expectations. And I know that's a, that's a probably an unfair bar. Uh, maybe, but maybe not. Like there's been so many like ladder matches and they are stunt shows and I, I I, I, I internally go, okay, I don't want these talents to risk life and limb. You know, that being said, like there's an element of doing stunts and gimmicks and, and whatever, and you kind of have to be risky while being smart. Um, Cameron Grimes, I think we both would probably have the same opinion that like, you know, him being in this type of match, you know, while we want him to stay safe is like kind of cut from the ladder match type cloth. Unfortunately, I don't think LA Knight is the the foil for that. His style just doesn't um, and didn't on Sunday give us kind of what I think a traditional quote unquote traditional ladder match uh, with all of its you know nuances would be. LA Knight's a different character though, so I so I, I say I say that statement and then I pause. Um, I think that the right guy won. He's 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 gonna be closely moving into that carry and cross type role where I think the character work and the 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 gimmick or the the, the whatever um, the character work the gimmick the, the 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 mic work is all high 
now you got to bring the in-ring stuff. And so I don't know who does that with or for LA Knight. Um, he clearly drew the line in the sand on Tuesday as being, and not that he, not that it was ambiguous before, but clearly a heel. Um, and it seems like the issue with Grimes is going to continue. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I agree. I, I did think the ladder match was probably the second best match on the show um, behind the main event. That's not, you know, again, it all felt like a TV show. So it's not, not like anything was blow away. But if I had to rank them, uh, second or third, the six man would be in there too. Um, but again, it was just kind of like if I had to rank five matches, you know, where would I put them kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I thought the ladder match was fine. I thought having the million dollar title in the case was really stupid. Like it's a ladder match. You just hook the title to the, I, I guess they wanted the, the moment of, of Ted DiBiase presenting it to, to the LA night, which then they did again on Tuesday night, which actually I thought that angle was really good Tuesday night. Um, <clears throat> you know, LA night almost baby facing, you know, Ted DiBiase and, um, I'll admit I've seen enough pro wrestling that I was like, ah, uh, he's turning, he's going to hit him. He's going to do something. Um, and, and he did, but um, sometimes I'm not right about that too. I expect everybody to turn every time I think in WWE um, partially because they do see big show, but, um, but I thought that was really well done and, and I would not have expected Ted DiBiase to, to bump, um, <laughs> you know, at his age. So kudos to him for doing that. Uh, and I think DiBiase and and Grimes makes a little more sense um, in the long run. And now Grimes is going to try to get the belt back for Ted, you know, kind of thing. Storyline makes some sense. Um, I think that'll be good. But yeah, the ladder match was fine. The, the last bump that Grimes took, good lord, um, he's a he's a better or crazier man than I am because nope, not a chance in the world I would do that. But then again, I'm not a pro wrestler. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was there. Um, so my second thing I was debating which order to go in was the crowd. So it was the biggest crowd they've ever had in the Capitol Wrestling Center because, of course, the Capitol Wrestling Center was created during the pandemic. They got rid of the extra video screens of fans. Um, I thought they made some decent use of, and they've been doing this along the way, the kind of wraparound screens they have up a little higher, although I didn't like in the main event, this I'm jumping back to the main event where it said cross big in the middle. And then you had really small. It just, it looked odd to just have cross in a lot of your hard cam shots. Um, that was a little bit odd, but a lot of times I've liked what they've done with those screens that, that notwithstanding. I don't know if it was a miking issue. I'd really have to go back and watch um, and, and watch the crowd but they seemed dead most of the night. I mean, they didn't pop for the things I would expect them to pop for. And where you and I have talked numerous times about how excited we are about having a crowd back when I started the show and realized, oh, wow, they've got more people there than ever before. It's not just, you know, 20 or so standing around on the uh, NXT trainees standing around on, on the floor. And I don't know who the folks are in the crowd because I haven't seen anything about you know, for tickets to NXT, um, call this number. So I don't know if they're, they're friends, you know, of trainees, which I know they've had in some of those pods that they had been doing before. But I don't know. It was 
the, I, the crowd excited me when I first saw they had them. And then by the middle of the show, I kind of forgot there was a crowd there because it was just dead. Um, so they were a little better Tuesday night. They, they popped big for Joe. Um, that, that got the reaction I would expect. So, and again, I don't know, maybe they weren't as dead and maybe it's a miking issue and they need to figure that out in the Capitol wrestling center. Uh, but if, if that's the case, then figure it out because they've done a nice job in the past with the Capitol wrestling center and full sale of making them look bigger than I think they probably are. Um, the way they shoot it, it looks like a, a reasonably good sized arena almost or a small arena, I guess, but a good crowd. And man, the sound just didn't come through for me. Um, and I don't want you to do the sound sweetening. Once you have live crowds, knock that stuff off. Don't do that anymore. Um, and I really hope WWE as a whole, when you get to SmackDown and Money in the Bank and all of those shows now, as we go back um, to having fans in a month, we talked about it before, knock that stuff off. Don't do it anymore. Because um, it's disingenuous and just sounds weird. I, I actually, a little bit of a side here, for the first time since the Tuesday after Omega won the AEW world title, I watched a full episode of Impact last night. Um, actually, not a bad show, to be perfectly honest. And that could be a whole other podcast, but um, maybe I need to find time to work that into my regimen because it actually all in all wasn't, bad, wasn't a bad show. Um, but they don't have fans yet um, at the Impact tapings. They do have fans coming back for Slammiversary. I, I don't know what they're going to do after that for Impact. But it was pretty, it was the crowd, this crowd noise that they gave, which was just background, you know, it's obvious how fake it is. I mean, A, you can see there's no crowd, but B, it just sounds weird. So I was excited to see a live crowd and then super disappointed in their, their reactions. So a couple of things just to respond to there. I, I, I'm guessing my, my, my hunch would be, I think there's um, like a mailing list or like a, I don't call it a VIP list because I think that might be overstating. But I think people who used to attend full sale on a regular basis are kind of in a queue. And then WWE either emails them or contacts them via text message or whatever to kind of get them. Because I think it was capped at 300. And it seemed like, as best as you can tell with people wearing masks, some of the familiar faces from back in the full sale days were kind of around that area. Okay. Um, so that's, 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 that's a hypothesis I have. The other thing in terms of just how the crowd responded, I am aware because I saw someone who did go to that show that I follow on Twitter, who's hits a lot of shows in Florida, that the weather wasn't good leading up to that event. Like it was raining outdoors. And so to stand in rain, either being prepared or not prepared, and then possibly being damp or your spirits being soggy, I feel like maybe that carried over into and like, so I just know like, you know, if I go to a live sporting event and it's outdoors and um, the weather isn't good before I get in um, or the, I go in and the weather changes and it's not what I am prepared for that I won't respond the same way. So I wonder, I wonder how much, if any, that played a role. So. Yeah. And that, and that could, could very well be. And, and, and if it, if that is the case, then I'm glad there's an explanation for it at least because it definitely came across. I don't know. Yeah. Enough, nope. that, it, enough that it affected me into making it a big thing. So. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, my, my third big thing, I'm surprised that you had the ladder match, like either two, three for me, it wasn't in, in the top three. Um, so we have a very strong like a difference of opinion, which is great. Um, my number two was the six man. I'm not going to use that as my third big thing. I'm just going to respond to just the way 
the aftermath of Zia Lee Mercedes Martinez. Uh, That's my third big thing too. So let's have uh, a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just, um, I mean, match ended as we thought it would, and I'm super glad they're keeping Zia Lee strong, but this issue is going on, but it now seems to be more about uh, May, May Ling, May Ying and Mercedes and not Zia and Mercedes. So what's going on? And also, did Mercedes Martinez die? I know she didn't because we saw her on Tuesday, but like literally she's grabbed by the throat and choked multiple times and then she's <laughs> literally chucked like like Mortal Kombat against the the, the side. Finish her. Yeah, right. So that was just my third big thing. Just something that I thought was and then they go, this is this angle, this 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 Tiansha aura is that feeds into that. Still was weird. Well, and, and my thing was you, you put Xylee over, which is absolutely the right call. But then you have Mercedes just barrier with chair shots. So all the heat you just gave Xylee, you just took away for for what? Like, I, I like Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez is a great story. Um, she's been in the business a long time. I'm glad she's finally getting some national exposure, some really good national exposure. But if you're building for the future, you should be protecting Zia Lee, not Mercedes. And I felt like that was all done to give Mercedes her heat back. She didn't need it. She'd be fine for the role you've got Mercedes in. And then, yeah, you have her go out to Bei Ying, which I find it interesting. So here's a uh, squirrel. Um, <laughs> we can't have two people named... Lance. So we had Garrison Cade because Lance Storm was on the main roster. We can't have two people with the same first names, but we named somebody Mei Ying, which every time I say it, I want to say Mei Young, um, which is a very, very different character and rest in peace Mei Young. But I don't know. It's a strange, uh, that was the name they went with. And maybe it's an ode to Mei Young. You know, maybe it is a little like homage, even though this is absolutely nothing like Mei Young ever did. Uh, I mean, she gave birth to a hand, so maybe that had something to do with, you know, the supernatural. But um, the ghost of May Young is May Ying, right? The, right. the spirit, the oh, spirit, man. not the ghost. Let's not do that with this story. <laughs> but like, and I guess we saw a new side of May Ying. I mean, she did the like smoke mist thing with Caden Carter, uh, you know, a couple month, month or two back, and now we've seen, you know, she's got the tongue and death grip, which it didn't look great to me and I don't know if it was just how they were shooting it or how they were standing or because she kind of hunches over and Mercedes is a pretty tall lady. Um, I don't know. The tongue and death grip looked it didn't look right to me for some reason. Um, and I know they're not going to call it the tongue and death grip obviously but you know that's basically what it is. It's it's the old Mei Ying also the ghost of Meng. Um, so there's, there's some rhyming going on there but uh, maybe she's the son or the son yeah there we go. Maybe she's the daughter <laughs> of Ming and Mae Young. Um, oh boy. Yeah, we've gone down a rabbit hole that we better get out of here. But uh, yeah, I agree that I, the thing where she flung her to the side, like kudos to Mercedes. Mercedes made that look awesome. Um, I mean, she threw herself off of that ramp um, or Mae Ying threw her. I don't know which was it, um, but kudos to Mercedes. She made that look amazing. Um, and yeah, obviously this is going to continue. I, I got to say, Boa does nothing for me. 
I don't get why he's there. He doesn't interfere effectively ever. Um, he's not, he hasn't worked a match in this gimmick uh, since they've, they've done this. You know, he worked a couple of matches to set up this gimmick. You know, he was getting beat and then he got kidnapped and beat up and whatever. Again, we've talked about last week. We've talked about before. I kind of like these dark characters sometimes, and I think they're interesting. And I, the Tian Shaw thing has been okay, although they've done a little start and stop. We've talked about that before with it. They're they're back on a start with it. That's fine. But yeah, I just I you didn't need to beat up Zia Lee. and then so Mei Ying, you know, chucks Mercedes six rows deep, and and there's no comeback for Xia Zaili isn't the one who comes out looking strong, even though she won the match. Like you said, it's Mei Ying who looks strong, who so far we've only seen Mei Ying. She, yeah, she was in a tag match, but I don't think she ever actually tagged into the match. If I remember right, Xia did all the work um, against Caden and Casey, I think two months ago, but we haven't seen her in the ring. I believe I've heard it's Karen Q. I think I said that last week too. So it's somebody who can work in the ring. Um, I think she was hurt at one point too. So this might've been a way to keep her busy while she was rehabbing, but if she's ready to go, let's figure out how we get Mei Ying in the ring then, because if that's where we're going to put all the heat, I mean, I don't know. It just, the whole thing was weird. Like the match was fine. Um, about what I expected again, decent TV match, not a takeover match. Um, but nobody hurt themselves. Like I don't think anybody came out of that looking the match itself, excuse me, looking bad. It was what we expected it to be. But yeah, the aftermath was just made me shake my head. Like what was the point of all of that? You could have done that with, you could have done the Mercedes may thing without having to beat Xia down with a chair. Like you could yeah. have just Mercedes walk out, you know, Ying stands up and Mercedes walks out because Mercedes is kind of, to use the Jade Cargill words, she's that bitch. You know, she's going to stand up and like, all right, you want some too? Fine. I don't know. The chair thing. Bobby. Yeah, this this has to lead to something at Great American Bash, I think. And perhaps Zylie goes over even stronger. We'll I, see. I hope so. I hope so. Um, so, all in all, am I disappointed I spent two, two and a half hours watching the show? No. Will I ever go back and watch this takeover again? Also, no. Um, I don't know. Is that kind of how you feel too, Tom? It is. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. It was actually interesting because I was thinking about um, the tag team scene, you know, you know, in, in the way that they did the, the winner take all match. And then, you know, you got Grizzled Young Vets, you got Ciampa and Thatcher, uh, Hit Rose out there. I was thinking about, you know, I think it was NXT TakeOver 30, which I think was in either New York or Connecticut. And they had a four-way ladder match for the tag titles. And I remember like going to the match, like thinking, are these four teams really build well? And then they went and they killed it. They killed it. It was Street Profits. It was Forgotten Sons. Um, two more teams that I'm not remembering it now. And, you know, like, again, this crack research team that we have here at Two Spot Monkeys does their does their homework. people. Um, <laughs> that being said, like th- that was like a super like competitive tag division, and I would love to see us get back here in NXT or there with. Um, and I don't know if that's even on their radar. I I gotta say, I was sure six months ago that the Grizzly Young Veterans were going to be the the NXT tag team champions fairly soon. 
I can't say the same thing now. Even though I still love them, I thought they had a great match on Tuesday night with Ciampa and Thatcher. A couple of times they even had me believing they were going to win it, um, even though I was went into the match thinking Ciampa and Thatcher would win. Um, so I always love when I think I know what's going to happen, and throughout the match they can, even if they eventually do what I think they'll do, they can make me believe the other thing's going to happen. Um, I think that's that's well done on their part. Um, so, and to that to that note, I mean, back in the main event of this takeover, there there was a moment or two where I was like, oh, they might take the title off across, even though I was like ninety nine percent sure they weren't going to. Um, they, you know, when they can do false finishes that that work, and they did that again on Tuesday in the tornado tag, uh, that's that's well done. So I enjoy that greatly when I'm like, oh, maybe I don't know what I think I know. Um, and clearly, as a segue, I don't know what I think I know because uh, we can update our head to heads. Although you and I both went five and zero on this show, so uh, unfortunately, I go undefeated, and it matters not even a little bit uh, because you also went undefeated. So our uh, updated standings, if I have them right, Tom, are you at seventy three and twenty, me at sixty eight and twenty five. Uh, so you have a five match lead. There are, I guess, five announced matches for Sunday. Although maybe one of them is now happening on SmackDown and not on Sunday. Yeah, we believe we. It is our best belief. Right, right. We're, we're going to pick it like it's still happening on Sunday. But the only way I have any shot in this is if I pick completely different from Tom in every match, and I don't see that happening because even if we did where Tom picks first every one of these matches and I just take the other one, uh, I'm going to be wrong on some because I think there's a ma- at least a match or two where there's no way we would pick differently. Um, so uh, I've been joking with Tom all week that I need him to pick Rey Mysterio. Um, and I don't think I've convinced him to do that yet. But um, so most likely, well, I guess we'll know in a moment here the first time that we have the same pick. Um, most likely Tom has won our January to June head-to-head. Like I said, I guess there is still that really outside shot that he is going to pick differently than me on every match. But, yeah. Bye. That was my wife leaving for work. Um. I thought I heard bye, but I also would have said, that sounded like a cat meowing potentially also. It, it was not. It was It was Katie. All right. <laughs> so uh, the first... Um, so, Here's the crazy part. My kids are home for the summer and no one's interfered yet on my end. So who would have thought who would have thought that it would have happened for you? Right. I just have my wife and cat and the cat's upstairs in a bedroom. Um, so he can't because he would chew the cords off and we wouldn't have a podcast going. So anyways, now that you've got a picture into my life. Um, head to head. Hell to cell. Hell, hell to cell. Head to head. Hell to cell. That's what we're doing here. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah, Tom is going to win is the point of this. So Tom's going to start thinking, or maybe he already knows, about uh, what figure and or, or not and or, figure or t-shirt uh, he might want, uh, which is usually the bet that we put before it. Um, I know last week you were kind of eyeing up that that Penta in Series 6 of AEW, so um, don't, yeah, don't know. Yeah, actually... No, Facebook marketing changed that. Uh, so uh, the ringside uh, collectibles, uh, ECW Cactus Jack, I think oh. is where I'm going to, like, I, from the minute they let that um, uh, prototype image out, I was like, that's sick. 
So it, it really does look good. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident. I'm not really. I'm not going to put that in ink right now. But uh, that I think. Uh, I already think clicked it order. Is. Sorry, it's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I did mention to Tom back in our original iteration of Two Spot Monkeys, we did head to head, and I think we did them the full year. Um, we didn't do the six month break segments, if I remember right. Anyways, and. Uh, I beat Tom a couple of times because at one point you had to wear a bear shirt to a live show that we attended. Um, and yep. you were supposed to shave your head. And I don't believe you have ever paid that off by the way, Mr. Bobo. Um, I have, I have, I mean, I've, bear shirt in, in, I, I, I mean, I've shaved my head in general. So can we just count that? <laughs> like, I suppose we could. <laughs> last and last like July years. I shaved my head. So. Actually it was more than four years ago. Cause I still live in Wisconsin in our original iteration. So yeah, um, yeah. as that was a long time ago. So maybe, and, and maybe God will shave your head over time. Who knows? Um, but, uh, <laughs> not that old yet. Right. Anyways, now that we've totally gone, 18 uh, different let's, hope. <laughs> let's, uh, let's chit chat about hell in a cell. There are five announced matches. Uh, Tom, I said this to you off air. So let me say it to you on air. How is Seth Rollins versus Cesaro A, not booked for this show, and B, not inside Hell in a Cell? That's the one feud, I think, I mean, in WWE that they actually have built to a point where if they put him in the cell, you'd go, hey, that makes sense that that's a Hell in a Cell match. The number of talents that are available to this promotion that they don't use. Now, again, I know we're in still kind of like the Thunderdome era, maybe for the next month or so. That being said, like, you can actually give us four-hour – I mean, not that I'm advocating for that, right? Because I, well, oh, I can stay awake. But you can give us – you can give us more – you can give us an eight-match card, right? Like, you can give you us – You can actually announce them before – two days before the stupid show. Seriously. I, but, I know you don't have to sell pay-per-views anymore, so you don't have to, like, build it for that reason, but – People have other things going on in their lives. Make them, make them care enough that, like, I have to be honest. I don't think I have anything going Sunday night, so I probably will watch this show. But if there was like, anything else going on in my life, <laughs> I sound like nothing happens in my life. But I mean, if if there was something else that, like, I wouldn't be like, oh man, you know, shoot, I got that going on. I'm going to miss the beginning of Hell in a Cell. Like, literally, okay. Not because of the card, but because it's the first show back in front of fans. Ring of Honor's Best in the World is on a Sunday night in July. That happens to be the Sunday night that I have Trivium in another town. Don't get home until 7.30, 8 o'clock, sometimes 8.30. So I'm going to miss at least the beginning. And I don't know on Honor Club with live shows if you can go back to the start. I can't remember. I don't think I've ever had to because I've always, the shows that I've watched live, I've been able to, to watch from the beginning. So I took PTO on Monday so that I can watch Best in the World. Because I want to see the first Ring of Honor show back in front of crowd, in a crowd. Uh, and that was before they even started announcing matches. And they haven't necessarily announced anything that's made me go, I'm really glad I'm going to take PTO for that. Um, nothing's made me mad in that show yet either. But, <clears throat> like, so that, they gave me something. Yes, it's the return of fans. But they gave me something that made me go, I'm going to make a point to be able to see that show even if it has to be the day after, because I have an obligation. 
yeah, WWE has not done that here with me. And it hasn't done it in quite a while since Wrestle and WrestleMania. Again, it was kind of the ring of honor thing. Fans were coming back. It wasn't because of any match that was happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, to that same point, I get I get the side eyes from my wife when I'm like, hey, I'm going to watch wrestling. My wife can take or leave, and pretty much she'd rather leave wrestling. I was gonna say, I'm not sure about the take part, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so I just wanted to paint that picture for you um, because she's a huge subscriber to this podcast, so she'll hear that as well. Uh, Hi, Karen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's Sunday's Father's Day, so if there was ever a day that I had a you can watch whatever the heck you want, it would be Sunday. That being said, I would never in my mind go, I'm going to cash that in for this show. <laughs> so go figure. I know it's, it's, it's same idea as what you're, is what you're talking about, but you know, different lens. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it is what it is. And I guess we'll talk about that as we go through these matches, but let's start with match number one, Alexa bliss versus Shayna Baszler, which they've been building to, uh, through the use of Lily as well. Uh, let's see, I'm behind, so I get the first pick. So I'll just say, so I think we've we've covered fairly well in the past. I'm a big fan of The Fiend and the whole Fiend universe, um, which, you know, Fiend hasn't been around since WrestleMania. Tons of rumors out there about different things that I'm not even going to speculate on or bring up on this podcast because some of them, frankly, if they're not true, shouldn't be being talked about. And even if they are true, shouldn't be being talked about um, because it's nobody's business but Bray Wyatt's, if, if that's the case. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about now, I've just made all sorts of speculative, um, vague comments. So I apologize for that. But um, I really enjoyed Alexa with The Fiend. I was kind of mad when they turned her at WrestleMania, seemingly turned her. Um, they had Bray do his one Firefly Funhouse, I think the Raw after Mania, or maybe the week after that. I don't remember which one. And then that's all we've seen of Bray. Don't know what's going on there. I have not liked the new Alexa as much as I really enjoyed Alexa with the, the fiend. This is as much as, again, I, I like dark characters and blah, blah, blah. This has been way too hokey for me. Um, and I, I realized saying that while saying I like the fiend stuff, like, I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. while I say that, but I don't know, this has not done anything for Alexa for me. Um, and I'm an Alexa bliss fan have been since day one. Um, really have enjoyed her think she is somewhat criminally underused at this point um as far as like an in-ring talent especially I, and i don't know if there's been injury stuff going on there i mean she's been she's been not really an in-ring featured performer for like over a year it feels like i mean she's had some spurts in matches but and then then there's Shayna, who probably should have won the raw women's title at wrestlemania last year especially given that Becky Lynch ended up going out shortly after Mania. Obviously at Mania, they did not know she was pregnant yet. If they did, they would have found a way to get the belt off for probably without her work in the match. Um, forgetting that Becky probably was pregnant at Mania actually and didn't know it, but forgetting all of that, I, I, I thought Shayna should have won the belt anyways at WrestleMania last year. There's another criminally underutilized I mean, she's been featured and on the show a lot, but Shayna should be at the top of your women's division, like fighting for the title, you know, in and out of that title picture. She's been stuck in a tag team that 
I guess did okay. I mean, they won the tag titles and whatever, but I don't know. She just feels less than as well. So you've got two characters here that I both, I think both should be much higher and they both feel less than, and then you put them in this stupid feud with a doll. Um, I just don't know what they, I, whatever the Kool-Aid is, they need to change the flavor because it ain't working. Um, and I, I, I honestly, I don't know who to pick in this match. I kind of, I, I kind of feel like it's not the end of it. So if it's not the end of it, it's probably Alexa because Lily probably distracts Baszler again, um, and they maybe build to something at SummerSlam that ends it. Maybe the Fiend comes back finally, and that's what beats Alexa is the Fiend distracts Alexa. I could see that at SummerSlam. At this point, whatever's going on with the Fiend, if he's coming back. I'd hold him off until SummerSlam, get that pop from the crowd when he returns. I mean, there's no sense in doing it before then, uh, unless you do it at, you know, the first SmackDown or something like that, but this has been a Raw um, show thing. So, I don't know. I'm talking around this match a lot without really making a pick. I'm going to pick Alexa, but I I don't know, and God, they made me not care, too, and that's bad. Yeah, so I was able to tap our monkeys in the research team while you were talking. Uh, and that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say spank. I said tap. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to mark the explicit lyrics on this if we're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alexa Bliss fought Nia Jax this past Monday on Raw. Right. There was an, a, There was an event to the exact same date one year ago, and it was a SmackDown. Uh, no, it was Backlash. I apologize. Backlash. Backlash was on June 14th of 2020. In in the full 365 from that match a year ago to Monday, Alexa Bliss has had 14 matches. So you talk about not a whole lot of use. Again, I, I acknowledge that this is the pandemic time, and this is what we've been doing. But juxtapose that, and I don't have the data, but if you looked at Asuka, it would be night and day. Uh, and, and, and two, again, from Gen- Yeah, yeah. And from January on, Bliss has been th- more angle-driven and character-driven than, than in-ring-driven, which is interesting because back to your point about how do you think, how do you pick here in this match? Because Alexa is kind of like, we don't, we, we, we know, like, we know she has the ability to go in the ring. But that's right. not what's being emphasized here. It's not about the wrestling. It's about Lily, and it's about the behind-the-scenes voodoo nonsense. If I were to pick Shayna Baszler to win, it would be like by like a DQ or a countout. But you make a great point by saying that seems like the Fiend would be involved, and I don't do that here. So, yeah, I, I think this issue does continue. I, I, you know, the Hocus Pocus stuff, of like, I think Baszler had, like, you know, her knee went out in a tag match when they were still champs. Uh, so they, and Walla Bliss was, like, kind of on the rampway. And then all of the stuff that's been going on here, I feel like you have to pick Alexa because that gives Shayna more reason to come back and 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 go after her or get revenge, which is weird because I don't see that Shayna Baszler would be kind of the baby face, but by default she is. So Alexa Bliss is my pick as well. And Tom has officially won Hell in a Cell. Cell. Goodness gracious. (laughs) Haven't won Hell in a Cell yet, but uh, yes. Tom has officially won that. Congratulations, Tom. 
And let's hope that as we start things with money in the bank next month, I yep. get back on track. All right. Best in the world. Or best R-O-H. in the world. That's right. That's yep. Best in the world. I did. Uh, I, I started that sheet and I had to move that because I uh, forgot the best in the world. Actually, yeah, was is before money in the bank, uh, which will be good because at least Ring of Honor can be bothered to usually give us a full card more than, you know, three days before the show. For the most side, part. side note, the way they're building that, like the matches they've announced, the three do have storyline connection and, and some build behind them. I'm really surprised that we're that we haven't gotten any title matches or even kind of rumblings of what those would be. Now I know that last week on TV started to pivot from our head to head, but last week on TV we had a tag title match, and this week we have a, a TV title match. I think when the dust settles, you know, the dust did settle on one end in a way. And the dust will settle this weekend with the three-way. That gives maybe a clearer picture. But nonetheless, you would think like when you when you promote a pay-per-view and you start, you kind of give us the the headline match first. Right. I don't think it, they've done that. No, I agree. It has been strange the way they've done that. And, and I do think it's because of that tag title match and the and the TV title match this weekend. I'm assuming they needed those to play out before they can announce those matches because otherwise you're kind of spoiling your TV. Um, I wouldn't think anybody that they've had in those matches is going to be involved in the world title match. Again, I wouldn't think. Um, we know it's not going to be Flip because he's getting his title shot in August, um, which almost makes me not give a crap about that show. But anyways, that's a different problem for another day. I'm going to be out of town that weekend anyway, so I'll see those shows when I get back, um, along with SummerSlam. I got a lot of wrestling to watch my one day that I'm going to have off after my trip. But um Real world problems. So, anyways, that's Ring of Honor. We'll talk about that again probably next week. Maybe we'll we'll be able to start chatting about that. But let's move on to our second match at Hell in a Cell. It is the SmackDown Women's Title Match. Tom, you get your first pick here uh, as champ officially. Uh, Bianca Belair defends against Bailey for the second pay per view in a row, maybe third. Yeah, I think it's the second because it was yeah WrestleMania backlash and then now here. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you only had one pay per view. Yeah. Um, when I think of Bailey and I think of the character that she is now and who and, and the way she's being presented, it's so weird. Like, not and it's not weird because I expect evolution. Um, but like from who she was and the, the Bailey we knew for so many years, and then this, it is just stark contrast. Uh, I, it's and to me, it's so weird too that I feel like a lot of like the the long-standing women's talents say for the women's champions, Natalia and Tamina, are really not getting a lot of like wins or not being promoted like heavily. Now you could say, well, Bailey's in this match. So yeah, she's promoted heavily. Charlotte Flair's in the other match. She's being promoted heavily. Uh Sasha Banks will come back and be promoted heavily. Yes, I don't know. I mean clearly and again it's it's cyclical. So there's there's a you know you every you have to you go up, you have to go down and you have to just work your way through. So Bailey's kind of like in that like She's worked her way around, and she had a strong 2020. Again, arguably, she could be considered one of the MVPs of last year. Um, so, but there, but there's no way. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're looking at potentially for a SmackDown Women's Title match. Thinking to SummerSlam again, you have this, you have Money in the Bank, and then you have SummerSlam. So you can't just fast forward through that. Uh, I, but you, you're gonna want, I believe, because that's in a huge NFL stadium, big venue in Vegas. You're going to want matches that are marquee. This match could be marquee, but if you're doing it here again for the second time, I can't imagine you're going to do it two more times. Um, 
to get leading into SummerSlam. I, it actually would make sense that Banks would get the rematch at SummerSlam now that I'm talking out loud through this. Yeah, um, that's my assumption. Yeah, so Bianca Belair retains the title here. Um, does this end the feud with Bailey? I don't know. Uh, the one, the one interesting thing, and I think it kind of is a factor in all of these matches to an extent, is knowing that Money in the Bank is coming up next. It's almost like we have to get through this show on Sunday, which is makes it sound like a chore, which kind of it is. Might be on Sunday. Let's yeah, see. Right. So, and then we get to people who are going to qualify for Money in the Bank, and then we'll look forward to those matches. And again, they're going to be again in front of a, a, a live outside of the Thunderdome crowd uh, in Texas. So. Um, yeah, I, I might have just given like a spoiler on my vibe for the show without even knowing it. Like, yeah, it's almost like we just have to get through it. But Bianca retains. Yeah, um, I, I expect Bianca and Sasha at SummerSlam. They had such a great match at WrestleMania. Um, I I just don't know. I agree with you. I don't know who else you build up unless you bring in a, a Trish or somebody, you know, a, a legend. And there, it seems like they're already probably doing that. Um, with the universal title, there's a lot of talk of Reigns and Cena. There's some talk, although I've seen some pushback and saying, no, he's not coming in, of Brock coming back and maybe it being Brock and Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. So if you're going to do that for those two titles, I don't think you should probably bring a part-timer slash legend in for one of the women's titles too. To me, it would be a really bad look if out of your four top titles, meaning your two men's and two women's top titles, three of those matches were current stars against stars of old, basically. And I would consider Brock, Cena, and Trish all, you know, they're not current uh, regular featured performers on the show. So I, I, and you, I'm sorry to just jump in. I just, you made me think of something funny when I, when you said that it's like, what other type of business would you be like, Hey, we're going to have the all-star game, but we're going to bring back the legends of the past. Right. Uh, no, you want to focus on the on the new stars and the people that people are tuning into see every single week because they've done such a piss poor job. Excuse my French. We're going to have to mark this explicit. Uh, they've done such a poor job of building stars that yeah, you and I sit here and go, well, what other match would you build to? Like you know, they, it, Big E. You could have built Big E to where Big E Roman Reigns at SummerSlam could have been awesome. You can't do that now. Because you haven't, you, you got the belt off him, and you and I both were like, okay, well, maybe they got the Intercontinental belt off them so they can start that next level. They, they've really done nothing. They started a feud with a guy and then cut the guy they were going to have him feud with a week late, two weeks later. So, okay, clearly we're looking, you know, the, WWE in their booking right now and for a while has when I used to, when I was in um, youth ministry, I used to say that middle schoolers had what I called four second disease. They couldn't see anything that wasn't going to happen in the next four seconds. Like if it was going to happen any further out than that, they were unaware of it. Like that's just, that's middle school, right? Um, WWE booking team is like middle schoolers. Like I just, you know, you start, you bring a guy back, you do all of these really cool vignettes with him and then you cut him. Like, oh, okay. That made no sense at all. You have a guy in the, main event of your pay-per-view last month, and then you cut him. Braun Strowman. Now, you and I aren't big Braun Strowman fans, but booking-wise, that makes zero sense. Zero. Um, you have a women's tag division, you never get behind the Riot Squad, then you cut half of them. Um, like, And probably the better half, frankly. Um, I mean, just... I, 
I don't know. That could be a whole other podcast of us just ranting and raving, and, and we do enough of that on here. But uh, let's talk. Yeah, this match here, I, I agree with you. Bailey, I feel like, you know, it's wash, rinse, repeat from what we just said about Alexa and Shayna. Bailey, yeah, she had a spot on Mania. It was being the annoying, you know, ding dong hello host, um, which she plays the annoying character really well. She does great in that role. So I, I guess it was okay. She deserved a match at WrestleMania in front of a crowd. Um, I hope she gets one. I, Bailey probably is in the Money in the Bank match, I would assume. I mean, just kind of thinking about who who should be in there. Um, I heard a podcast yesterday. I want to say it was Fightful.com with Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp, excuse me, where they prognosticated, that was a big word, um, that they think, here, here's an idea for you, Tom. Piper Niven wins Money in the Bank. And then Eva Marie says she's the one who gets to cash it in. I heard it and I went, crap, that makes sense and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> kind of the Carmella, um, James Ellsworth thing from the past, a little bit. Um, obviously a little different, although I didn't see Raw. I've seen some clips. I, I have not seen the Piper Niven, Eva Marie thing on video. I've seen some pictures. I need to go back and watch it because it sounds like Eva Marie brings her out as her heavy, but then also seems disgusted by the fact that she's a bigger woman. And so it's like, well, but she didn't, she didn't like that. She was celebrating with her after the match. Like, <laughs> like Piper, like was like, yay, we did it. And like, you can see like Eva Marie's just like, like kind of like get away from me. Like her body language is. Yeah. Oh, good. So we're going to do another fat shaming bullying storyline. Yay. We didn't have enough of those ever in WWE. Um, sorry. We were not talking about Piper and Eva because they're not on the show. Um, or whatever they're going to call Piper since they didn't call her anything. Um, on that same podcast, they the, the name they had heard rumored, and they said it wasn't set in stone, was Dewdrop. Yeah, I always love the, here is your winner. Silence. You. Um, <laughs> of course, Eva says she won. So anyways. Um Bailey, Bailey, to get let's get back to Bailey and Bianca because that I both of these women I enjoy much more. Piper Niven's really good. I like Piper, but um, and Eva could be a good character. We'll see. But Bianca and Bailey, I think they're going to have a banger of a match. Um, their match at, at WrestleMania Backlash was was pretty good. I think if I remember right. Um, seems like it's been a long time since I've seen that. But um, excuse me, I got a frog in my throat today. Um, it's what it's the it's the dynamic of when a month feels like it's been more than a month. Yeah, it is. And and time's been weird for the last 15, 16 months, I think we know. But um I thought you were gonna say days, but you're right. <laughs> no. Yeah, last year and a half almost. Um there's no way Bailey's winning this match. Um there's just no no way that makes sense. And it's sad to say that because I want to believe Bailey could win this match, but there's there's no way Bailey wins this match. Bianca wins it. Um I hope it's good and you know, do we see the return of Sasha here or more likely um, she's been, I think, advertised even for the first time that has live fans. So um, way, way to ruin your surprises by advertising Edge and Sasha for that show. Morons. Um, I mean, just why didn't NXT just announce that Samoa Joe was coming back before they ever went on the air on Tuesday night? I, you know, I, I mean, I, in another kind of like 
you know, conversation that we don't need to soup, get into a lot today, but I think they're having a hard time moving tickets, which is a little bit surprising, but it's also not surprising. Not as surprising in a way of you would think people would want to get out and do things now that the world's returning to opening up and, and slowly emerging to the old habits of entertainment in person. That being said, if you're not giving us something that we want to come and see as a destination, why am I spending $75 to sit in the lower bowl? Yep. Uh, I think I said last week on the on the show, you know, Garth Brooks coming to Lincoln, he sold 90,000 90, tickets in an hour and a half. You're giving somebody something they want to see, they will pay, I think it's 200 bucks a ticket, 150, 200 bucks a ticket. And he sold 90,000 of them in an hour and a half. People want to do things, but you got to give them a reason to spend their money too, because they're also, well, they want to get back to those habits. They're also out of those habits. So it's not just, oh, WWE's coming to town. We always go to WWE, so we bought tickets. Well, now we've had over a year of we didn't go to WWE because they didn't go anywhere because of the pandemic. You got to give them a reason to spend their money again. I, yeah, I, I have to be honest. I, now I haven't been to a show. The last live shows I've been to, as you know, you and I attended together in Dallas um, six years ago. Um, I have not been to a live show in like six years. Um, if WWE had announced Omaha on any of these trips, they wouldn't have announced anywhere closer to me. I don't know. I, you know, I probably wouldn't have bought a ticket right away, um, which is crazy because I am kind of fiending to find a live show at some point. Um, now, if AEW came anywhere within about three hours of me, I'd buy a ticket. I'd cancel a trivia night. I'd go. Um, anyways, let's move on to the next match uh, so we don't go too far Broadway here. Uh, Raw women's title Rhea Ripley defends against Charlotte Flair in one of the strangest booked. What in the <clears throat> are we doing here? Um, oh, this is my pick first. That's right. Um, I was going to kick it to you, Tom, but this is me. Uh this is a real pick for me. It's a real flip a coin because anytime Charlotte Flair's involved in a title match, I think she's at least, uh, at worst, it's a 50-50 shot um, because Charlotte is kind of the Roman Reigns of the women's division. You know, I mean, they could flip the title to her at any point. Um, the way they booked this with the whole Nikki Cross beat the clock thing and, and Asuka being really booked as less than um, lately, which they talk about start and stop with that woman. I mean, sometimes she's the world beater who can't be touched and other times she can't beat anybody. Um, I, I just, <laughs> again, WB booking. I feel like I just keep saying it and you keep saying it. Um, if they want Rhea Ripley to continue to ascend, to be one of their top stars moving forward, I put Rhea Ripley over here. That being said, the way they booked things on Monday, I think they're going to flip the title, and I'm going to go Charlotte Flair. I don't think it's the right call. Um, I, it could be the right call if Charlotte Flair was the heel, and she is a heel. But is Rhea a heel, or is she a babyface? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Rhea is a heel or a babyface. I really don't because. And if you ask me throughout the course of a Monday Night Raw, if she's in multiple segments, I probably give you a different answer at every segment, depending on who she's interacting with. So is she a tweener? I hate that word. Um, you know, she's a, is she kind of, uh, AJ and almost, there's another one. They were almost baby faces with Elias and Jackson Riker, but now they're heels when they're facing Drew and the Viking Raiders. It's like, I, 
I understand there's there's gray areas and all of that. I get that. But gray area only works if you let them just be the same person the whole time. Stone Cold, perfect example. Stone Cold was Stone Cold almost all of the time. They had little tweaks here and there. No matter who he was interacting with, he was the same character. I don't feel like they do that with this. Rhea gets kind of acts babyface-ish at times, but kind of acts like a jerk heel at other points. AJ and almost kind of same thing, which we're going to talk about that because, hey, we think AJ and almost might defend against the Viking Raiders on this show, but WWE can't be bothered to announce that. So we're not able to pick it. Um, I'm going to go Charlotte Flair, though, and, and not feel strong about that. This probably is my one as we talk about our confidence points, mainly just because I think it is a flip coin. Um, and I think there's there's more likely winners in the other matches. But I'm going to go Charlotte. This it, My guess would be this might be the one thing we disagree on if we disagree on anything. Yeah, I'm going to say Rhea retains. Uh, and I'm not doing that to be contrarian to your your pick. I really do think like that's like that's what should happen now. It should happen. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Whatever, what, but you're right. Charlotte Flair is kind of the, the Roman Reigns of the women's division. So flipping the title here wouldn't be the wrong move. I actually see these two being the SummerSlam matchup. So, so if I were booking, I wouldn't have given us this, especially with with, with what they've done. I would have somehow, some way, had Charlotte Flair like get angry and like do something to like say, you know what, Nikki Cross, attack her, and Charlotte gets suspended. Now, granted, like they've done that, and they've already brought her back, so like that. Maybe not exactly suspension, but to do something where Charlotte Flair is like, I'm just, like I'm, two days. Yeah, I'm I'm so fed up. I'm gonna like I'm gonna work my way from the bottom of the women's division all the way up. And and you can do that by having you know bring bring someone in from NXT that we haven't had introduced yet because WWE thinks that we don't have a memory. Piper Niven's a great example. They're like, who is this? Okay, well if you followed this product at any time in the last five years, you would have known her from. The May Young Classic, but we're we're supposed to not from your own that. product. I understand when they pretend that we don't know who Trey Baxter is, um, or or Carmelo Hayes, or or those guys, or Carmelo Hayes. They actually said previously known as Christian Casanova, now known as which I thought was nice. But again, NXT versus main roster, right? Yeah, I, that part to me on the Piper. Who is this? Yeah, like not three months ago, she had a NXT UK title shot against Kaylee Ray on your network. There we go. Yeah. So, so again, because I've kind of labeled this for lack of a better like statement that this is kind of a throwaway show and it's not because actually the two title matches are, have intrigue for me. The two main men's title matches, I should say, I apologize. Um, no disrespect to the female talent because it's a female heavy show. Now that I think about it, three and two, um, mm -hmm. I would have, I would have preferred because I think this is being kind of a throwaway or kind of a reshuffle the deck type show. Give us, Rhea and Nikki Cross. There, there's there's a reason for that. Um, and if somehow, some way she gets inserted and she becomes a three-way by Sunday, uh, that's even worse. Um, but I would I would have thought that's have, where they were headed, to be honest. Yeah, right. So, but I would have preferred to have Charlotte go, you know what? I'm so angry. Let me just work my way up the ladder. And so you create a ladder of talent and then just boom, 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 boom. And she goes on and then tell say that she's building a winning streak. And that's what gets her to eventually be the challenger for Rhea at SummerSlam. I care a whole lot more about that, and I've fleshed that out in three minutes, and I'm sure you could spend a whole lot more time and detail articulating the story if you wanted to. They don't. And, so, And uh, I feel like she kind of did that when she came back right after WrestleMania. Like She said, I'm going to work my way back 
you know, or whatever. And then they, I don't know. Yeah. They could have done it. They didn't do it. Yeah. Um, so, so my pick of Rhea is that I, that I think she retains. I don't know that she defeats Charlotte Flair. This may have a fluky, like dirty finish. Um, we'll see. Yeah. And, and my fear was they were going to do the three way so that they could beat cross here. And then, to your point, go to Ripley Flair, maybe at, at SummerSlam. Um, but as of yet, they haven't done that. Who the heck knows? They could change things um, as they seem to be doing for the Universal title, Hell in a Cell match. Roman Reigns is scheduled to defend against Rey Mysterio, but swerve, bro. Uh, last night on Thursday night on Twitter, uh, we're recording this early Friday morning as we usually do uh, Thursday night on Twitter and, and Facebook, they announced that they're not waiting for Sunday this Friday. So tonight, later tonight on SmackDown, Roman Reigns will defend his universal title against Rey Mysterio inside hell in a cell live on SmackDown. We're trying to pop a rating on SmackDown. I feel like, um, WT, what are they doing? Tom, you, you get the first pick on this. I, we're going to go ahead and pick it. Because I think we both think whatever happens tonight still leads to this happening on Sunday. I can't believe they would totally give it away tonight and just not do anything Sunday. That that'd be insane, wouldn't it? It would be insane. Um, and the only and I just had this thought too because I really hadn't thought much about it. This not happening again on Sunday. The only other kind of change if if this match ends a certain way tonight um would be i could see maybe roman and the usos against ray dominic and the third person not sure who the heck that would be right now um and do a six-man hell in a cell kind of all out i think back to uh it was the usos and i'm forgetting and i was at the show live um but the Usos and someone had a Hell in a Cell match. This was in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena a few years ago. It was when Shane and New Day. Owens, New Day. And that was an incredible match. It was a, it was a straight up tag. So, you know, I think doing something different Hell in a Cell, uh, because if I'm not mistaken, this match and the other title match for the men's are the only two Cell matches on Sunday. Is that correct? That's, I believe, the way they've advertised oh, it. I okay. Okay. Um, I, I, should only, two is even overkill, but there, I don't think there should be three. Right, right. So to 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 give us something different, you know, since they're doing this tonight and they're promoting it as the first, you know, TV non pay per view Hell in a Cell since '98, uh, the first ever on Fox, the first ever on SmackDown, all these other things. Um, no matter what, and regardless of what happens tonight, I, I think Roman Reigns. I don't think I know that's uh, to use the word Paul Heyman would use. That's a spoiler. Roman Reigns is retaining. We've talked about it many times before the person, whomever they are that defeats Roman Reigns is going to be a made man. Oh, it's John Cena. You can't see that. <laughs> um, Jim was, Jim was doing the, the hand gesture for those of us. Uh, no, just no, listening. If, if John Cena comes into work, SummerSlam, he better not be Roman Reigns. Absolutely not. No, uh, Again, I, I'm I'm surprised. You know, a month ago or whenever we did the, the backlash recap, I saw Cesaro still in the spot, uh, and we're wondering where the heck he is because he cr- could sure, should probably be in a match with 
Seth Rollins in. That's not happening. Um, so Roman Reigns is, is it's cool. It's a match I'm excited for and looking forward to, and like eager about the dynamic they're going to, to have have together in the ring um, and with the with the cell. Um, but Roman, come on, this is the five again. Using confidence points, this is the five. Yeah, I mean, uh, the six man would be an option again. I agree with you. Who's the third? Cesaro would make sense, but I I, I still think they're going to add Seth Rollins Cesaro tonight on SmackDown. I mean, if they don't, I don't understand. Unless they do this and now don't have Roman defend for some reason on Sunday and you do Seth and Cesaro in the cell as the second Hell in a Cell match, which would have made sense all along. Weird booking if you'd pull it off that way now. I mean, I'm just trying to think out loud really more than anything. Um, Yeah, what do you... I don't get it. I just don't. I keep saying that. I feel like the title of this show should be Jim doesn't get it. Um, but whatever, however they get there, I guess I'm just baffled by the whole booking of it. You know, to me, it's going to tonight and potentially Sunday. It, it, it's going to be a little bit of the typical Roman Reigns match right now. Ray's going to get a few hope spots. Roman's going to be brutal. Ray won't stay down. Roman will tell him to stay down and eventually he chokes him out. And he keeps his belt. I mean, that's just and, and Roman Reigns. I love the character. His matches can be a little formulaic at times, especially when they're against opponents that you know he has no chance of losing to um, from a storyline perspective, and and Ray is one of those. I, I am glad it's Ray and not Dominic. I just don't think Dominic's ready for this uh, this level by any means yet. Um, getting powerbombed out of the ring was a heck of a bump to take, though, so uh, kudos to the young man. He's, again, braver than I am because... Ain't no way. Um, <laughs> nope. There's a reason that I talk about pro wrestling and I don't do pro wrestling. <laughs> That's um, yeah. Roman's winning. I, there's not a whole lot to say. I just, I guess I'm, I, I am curious to see what they do tonight. Now that they've announced this, mainly because part of me is just like, why? But maybe they can do something that I go, oh, that was really cool. It promoted promoted Sunday really well. Um, I just don't. I don't think it's happening here and not happening Sunday. I hope it doesn't actually happen here, though, where they actually have a 25-minute Hell in a Cell match tonight on SmackDown, and then they do a rematch on Sunday inside Hell in a Cell. That would be really stupid, too, um, unless they can give me a really good reason, but I, I'm not sure they can. Well, let's go to the what I expect will be the main event, I think. Um, I, you could flip these two, depending on whatever happens tonight with Reigns and Mysterio, but uh, WWE title, Hell in a Cell match. Bobby Lashley defends against Drew McIntyre for what feels like the 75th time. Uh, McIntyre has said that he will never challenge Lashley again. Um, I did see that clarified. It's not that he won't ever challenge for the title again, so it's not the Cody Rhodes thing. Because um, at first I thought, well, that's a really weird... I thought it was that way. Um, and I was like, well, the McIntyre has to win. But it's not that. He won't ever challenge as long as Lashley is the champion again. My pick first. Yes. Why can't I remember this, Tom? It's not that hard. It's five matches. Um, I'm going to go Bobby Lashley winning this match. Um, A lot of times when there's this stipulation, it kind of does mean McIntyre is going to win it. But I think it would actually be really good for Drew McIntyre to keep him out of the title picture now for a little while. If Lashley continues this reign, obviously, if there is the chance of Brock and Bobby at SummerSlam, you don't beat Bobby here. Um, I think they need to stop beating him in a Raw, too. Um, because one of the things that I think was really good about Lashley was he was so dominant 
running into WrestleMania, and now they've beaten him a couple of times on Raw, and I, I, they need to stop doing that. Um, I just, if you're, if that's where they're going, and if they're not going to Bobby Brock, I'm not 100% sure what you do at, um, at SummerSlam to feel SummerSlam worthy, SummerSlam in an NFL stadium, the first time you got that many fans back, blah, 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 all of those kinds of things. Um, I've read somewhere online that they, they want to treat SummerSlam as though it's this year's WrestleMania, which is funny because they had WrestleMania, but um, so it's always been, that's been a little bit of a weird, but I get what they're saying. They didn't rely on all the former stars um, at WrestleMania. So I guess they're now going to do that for SummerSlam. Um, Okay. But if you don't do Bobby Brock, I'm not sure where you go at SummerSlam. We'll see how that all works out. But I, I think Bobby should keep the title here. I think I've enjoyed Lashley as champion. Like I said, and that's they beat champions too often, frankly, in WWE in general. Bobby Lashley should be um, special, and I think you do. You move McIntyre off into some other feuds. I think it will help. It could help build other guys to have McIntyre working uh, with other guys because McIntyre is a made man at this point in WWE, um, which is great because I like Drew McIntyre a lot too. Um, you know, I know McIntyre has talked about he'd love to work a feud with Jinder Mahal, who they brought back, and then banished to main event apparently um again wb booking um that's that should be the title of the show wb booking um but i know he's talked about that it would be if they were going to go towards that it would have been nice for them to give gender a few even enhancement wins on raw let him beat a couple of nobodies um but so that gender actually there's a point to it um too late for that i guess but uh, here we are. So I'm going to go Bobby Lashley, even though, like I said, the stipulation would often point to McIntyre. I think Lashley should keep the belt here and move on to maybe Brock at SummerSlam. This is turning quickly into our uh, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton from 2020. It is. Uh, and, and and it's disappointing to say that because those were fine and these are are, are, are fine or even more than fine. And it's actually what we wanted. We were, were getting what we actually wanted and didn't think we were going to get by Lashley getting a longer reign with the title. Right. But it needs to change. So it needs to end here. I agree with your pick. It's my pick as well. Lashley retains because Lashley needs to oh, move on from McIntyre. Needs, I thought you were going to pick McIntyre the way you said no, 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 that. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the feud. The issue needs to end. These guys need to be unpaired. And 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 to have new things that that occupy their time and our TV time uh, as we watch, you know, Raw was not horrible this past Monday, and I, I'm amazed that I'm saying that. Um, that being said, Raw is not destination TV, and they need to do something. Uh, we talked about NXT maybe needing a fresh up. That's nowhere in the stratosphere of the type of freshening up of Raw. The other part about like my opinions and thoughts about just kind of where WWE is at in general. I don't know where we are, if we're even close at all to a draft and a shakeup, but a draft, a draft would do these brands, I think. And, and, and probably, and I'm probably foot in my mouth here. I think it would do, do them well, but it probably would only last for two or three weeks. And then we'd be back to the same old tropes. I, uh, th- there was, hang on. There's a report from someone that I, I trust uh, the current plan is August 30th and September 3rd. So right after SummerSlam. Okay. Yeah. Or a week and a half after um, would be the draft. So I agree some shakeups and I hope they include NXT in the draft um, because I think we need, we need to shake them all up a little bit. 
Um, there's probably look if if you're just going to bury Cesaro back down the card, then maybe send him to NXT and let him win the title because he'd be a really good NXT champion. Frankly, he versus Karrion um, Cross would be a fun match, even if he doesn't take the title. Like right. that's that's you, you want guys that Karrion Cross going back to what we talked about early on can have really good matches with, can raise his stock beyond just the character and the mic work. Guys like Cesaro, guys like Samoa Joe, guys like Keith Lee, who could do that, be that. But but that's NXT. So to close and recap, we uh, are the same for four picks. Uh, we're different on the Raw Women's title match. I've got Rhea retaining. you got Charlotte Flair winning, which I think would be, what, her 15th championship, perhaps? Probably getting close to that without, you know, <laughs> fire those monkeys in research. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and you know, at some point, then that's going to become the story. Maybe after, if it's if this is 15, after the next one, or after that reign ends, will be the story of, you know, catching her dad um, yeah. with with the 16 reigns that he's, the number they've settled on for him. I know there's some controversy around what the right number is because of the whole Tatsubi Fujinami um, title switches over in Japan. But um, 16 is what we, you know, 16-time world champ, Ric Flair. Um, so I th- there's some story right there to be told. Um, yeah, that's our one difference, though. And, and I don't think either of us, again, we've talked about this a couple times um, when we're different on, different on some picks. Um, I don't think either of us are, are entrenched in those picks and we won't be shocked if we're wrong. Um, sometimes we are. Sometimes we're, we're both really sure we're right when we have opposite picks. Um, but a lot of times they are these matches where we're like, yeah, you might be right. Absolutely. Um, and more often than not, this six months, <laughs> you've been right, Tom. <laughs> when we've had those. So, yeah. uh, so, so whether we watch Hell in a Cell, we'll be back next week to, to talk about it, talk about the aftermath and the road to Money in the Bank will have started, which will be exciting, I hope, I think. Uh, and then I think we'll sprinkle in some Ring of Honor because that's kind of the next, uh, the Ring of, Ring of Honor in July and then big, you know, Great American Bash and then the themed uh, AEW shows. So we'll have plenty of things to kind of touch base on, maybe more of a potpourri show next week. There's there's a lot of fun stuff potentially coming up. I mean, between the the month of themed AEW shows, like you said, Great American Bash. Uh, I'm excited for Money in the Bank to not be a cinematic match this year, um, and I hope now that we've gotten back to fans, let's just be done with cinematic matches. We don't need those anymore. Um, I mean, unless they make total sense, street fights, you know, things like that 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 you need to do in some way, but then just still film them somewhere. Don't. I don't no more trash monsters. That's all I'm asking. Um, was that at money in the bank? I don't remember. Where was that? No, it wasn't money in the bank. Um, the horror show. That was, that was the horror show too. Yeah. That was, whoo, that was a show. Um, but, uh, I, I'm excited for money in the bank to be back in front of a live crowd, obviously. And, and to hopefully feel a little more money in the bank ish than what they had to do last or what they chose to do. They could have still had it as a regular match, just with no fans. They chose to do this um, last year. So I'm excited for that. A lot of, a lot of fun stuff to see. Um, Tom, anything else you want to cover before we uh, get out of here? No. Uh, happy Father's Day to the fathers uh, and to the father figures listening to us. Uh, and uh, we look forward to coming back next week and hopefully not burying uh, WWE. As we did through this whole show, so um, so we'll see. Maybe they can maybe they can turn it around on Sunday. That would be great, honestly. Because as much as yes, we we do crab about the things that we don't like. We'd love to come on and go. You know what? That was a really good show. 
that was really fun. And here's why. And here's what I'm excited to see that they set up moving forward. I, I'd love to be able to talk that way about WWE. So hopefully that's true. Um, Tom, happy Father's Day to you as well, sir. Um, and uh, we will all be back with you next week, right back here on Two Spot Monkeys Live. See ya. <laughs>